welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast. That one had a weird rhythm to it. Yeah. That was crazy. It was, uh, it's a little off, but I liked it. It was a little off. Like, yeah. it still kind of had the energy. Had a lot of, like, me being surprised by the rhythm. Right. Kind of threw me off my rhythm. I was like, whoa, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing right now. I don't know. You're out of control. I'm a little out of control. I mean, today I felt like... I started off today with a completely destroyed house. Everything in my house was everywhere because I was assembling that giant desk we've been hanging out oh, at. All the day. U. Yeah, the giant U desk. Welcome to the Scottcast U. That's right. Well, I'll, I'll share some pictures on so, social media. It's a wraparound desk. Yeah, it's one of those giant executive wraparound desks. It's got like 50 square feet mm. of table space. It takes up the entire room. David gets a, like a little corner. Yeah. And I get to talk to a, to him across from my giant command center. I felt like I was being interviewed when I came in. You were like a CEO of Scott Cast Headquarters. Yeah, Scott Cast yeah. Media Empire. Yeah, it's it's getting real, man. Things are things are only going up. But anyway, what we intended on doing much more tonight than we uh, uh, necessarily got accomplished. We intended to start filming uh, our one of our latest Christmas. Scott well, our latest Scottcast special, one yeah. of our latest. Last one we did was the Jerry's. Right. And this next one we're planning is for CRISPR-Cas9. It's going to be called Scottcast9. Ooh. You came up with that. Well, CRISPR-Cas, and then it was like a CRISPR-Cas, but then it's CRISPR-Cas9 is the system, so CRISPR-Cas9 was my suggestion. I thought I like Scottcast9. Sure, you can do whatever kind of. I mean, it doesn't have to be nine though. If you call it CRISPR Cas nine, then it's just gonna be. Yeah, people, uh, people for people who don't know what CRISPR Cas nine is, we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll we're, yeah. We're, this this episode, we are planning on doing a deep dive report into CRISPR Cas nine, what we can do with it, yeah. what we're going to do with it, and what it means to you and to society. Right. The applications. Yeah. There's but, a, any. I mean. All the hype that people have been talking about with genetics for the last however many umpteen years, I mean, it's finally coming to a head with this CRISPR stuff. It's pretty exciting. I mean, we could talk about the history behind it and where it's, where it's going in the future. Yeah. Jennifer Doudna is about to be your next pinup model. Oh, gosh. You're going to have posters of Jennifer Doudna adorning yeah. your study hall. I mean, she's Stone Cold Fox, so... What can you say? She's got the she's she's smart. She's a she's a blonde from California. I, just, I don't. She's an American bombshell. What can you say? She looks just like uh, Ellie Sattler, like a yeah, like a distinguished Ellie Sattler. Yeah. yeah. Did you know Ellie Sattler was uh, 26 years old in Jurassic Park? That movie. Really? No, 27. No, uh, yeah, 26. Uh, it makes me feel old. No, it is 26. Yeah. Oh, Ellie Sattler, 26. Okay. Hmm. Oh. Do you think you'd have that, when you were 26, you'd have that kind of presence of mind to operate? Gosh, and, how old was Sam Neill during that time? He, he, he had was, some he game. Was, he was a little late 30s. He was, a little he older, was yeah. yeah, he was mm-hmm. the head of the paleontology yeah. people. And yeah, he, yeah he, he, was a, he was a big big man on campus. So was there like a, th- were they friends with benefits or what was the deal with those they guys? They were dating at that time. Mm. But it, it didn't mm-hmm. last after the whole horrors of yeah. Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah. Kind of hard to, when your whole thing was, we bond over dinosaurs, and then yeah. you almost die because yeah. of dinosaurs. Kind of a turnoff. Yeah, and in the lost, uh, in Jurassic Park 3, where he's visiting Ellie Sattler again, like years later when she's moved on and gotten married to someone else, like he's visiting her. Right. 
And like out of nowhere, he's he's just like, "Do you remember the sounds they made?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, hilarious. I see why like she had to move on. Yeah, that wasn't good for the foreplay. No. no. <laughs> Do you remember good. their sounds? <laughs> what sounds would you like me to make? <laughs> make the one that the raptor made when it was almost killing us. What's the T? Do the T Rex noise? Yeah, it's great. Right. Um. So I was gonna do a special thing for instead of doing our email bag. Oh, okay. I was gonna give you your gift, but I don't know. We were gonna capture on video. Now we're not doing the video, so I no. guess we'll, we'll just have to. I just... mean, I could just like turn on the video right here. Oh, you're just gonna do it live? Yeah. It'll... While we while whilst recording. Yeah. So why not? While Scott's doing that, uh, just a little background. I I was supposed to give Scott this. Christmas gift, like well before Christmas, and uh, I, I, there was a deleted podcast we did with uh, Ian. I mean, no, not Ian. Um, Drew, we did right. with Drew. I mean, I don't think we ever released that one. No, right? but, <laughs> I but, haven't. But during that ready. thing, I slowly realized I, I was looking around the room, and I realized that there was a particular object that you had in your apartment. And I was like, oh, shit. That's oh, just like, yeah. you remember that? Yeah, I remember And I was that. going, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. Because it's, it's the exact same kind of gift I got for you, but it was given to you by someone else. Oh. So the gift was actually one of these. Oh, my God. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> that was there? So <laughs> when I was recording, I saw Jeff Goldblum sitting over there. And the gift that I got you on a whim, completely unrelated, I forgot, was a Lady Gaga <gasps> candle. Oh my <laughs> so, God. That is gorgeous. Saint Saint Gaga in Look the flesh. At that. So Gaga now and Goldblum. with their powers combined, we now have Oh my fuck. The two candles. That is <laughs> amazing. Like, the novelty candles market is booming right now on Hamtramck. Right? What are the odds of that? I totally forgot that that I didn't Ian give give you that as a housewarming gift? Yeah. Yeah. So they had all sorts of one. They actually had like, um, I was originally looking at getting a candle for my girlfriend as a, it's like a joke candle. You know, it's a novelty thing. They had, she really likes Barry Manilow. She's a, she's a fan She's a really big Barry Manilow fan. And they had a St. Barry uh, candle. And as I was looking at that, one of the suggestions was Lady Gaga. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting that for Scott. Right. <laughs> Like you can't burn these candles, can you? You can't yeah, burn those. Yeah, they're real candles, dude. I mean, you can, but you can't. But we should light them, can't be them. before every Scottcast, and they can burn. Glory be to Scottcast. We'll light the candles, and we'll have St. Saint, Saint Bloom and St. Gaga watching over us. I do love that idea, man. <laughs> That's, isn't that funny? It's actually, I think they're they're different brands, though, it looks like. Can you can you fill like those like jars with... Uh... You know, like, uh, dude, it's just wax, like man. Wax and, like, yeah, you just, just make your own wax. Yeah, you can make your own. it. You can replace it with whatever you want, whatever scent you think would be appropriate for that. Uh, oh, I can, I can. Oh, make them sandalwood candles. Mm. What do you think the scent would be for our Jeff Goldblum candle? Sandalwood. All okay, the way. and Gaga would smell I, like Gaga would. Uh, you gotta you, think about that one. You'd, yeah, you wouldn't know what it is, but you'd like mm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd have to think of a. You know her songs, the names of her songs better. There's probably one that's related to some like, sort of scent. Yeah, like one of those, um, like one of those incense sticks that that describe themselves as something that you wouldn't normally think mm. of as like, ooh, that's a scent, like water, or, or like a bad romance, bad romance. Yeah, yeah, it just like smells like it smells <laughs> like musk. Ooh, there you go, there musk you and go. sandalwood, musk and sandalwood. They should have an Elon Musk candle, I and mean, you could get me that one. There we go. 
a Musk fanboy right now. You need to get your pod started and going. Like, are you doing like a pod like this? Or are you doing the fitness pod? I'm gonna get my YouTube stuff going first, and then I'll do the pod later. I don't want to do, do too many irons in the fire, Scott. Oh, okay. I'm just saying, goes. like, the podcast is so much easier to just keep going and keep right. going, just from experience. Yeah, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get going once I have. I want to have a good either co-host or a good guest to bring on. I could do the first one by myself. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. just get 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 a guy going. Like, do some internet guests. Stuff like that. Should we light those things right now? Sure, dude. I think we should. We're gonna light the candles. I just decided that's that's in honor of in honor of CRISPR. They will guide us. Who needs guide RNA when you have Goldblum and Gaga guiding you? So that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Uh, Substitute instead of an email bag, we actually had a real gift bag. Yeah, it's like an analog email bag. Yeah, it's 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 physical. Snail mail delivery. It was good. I did not get that from Amazon. That was, uh, I believe it was an Etsy gift. <laughs> Etsy is for people who like to be the artist that makes money off of other people's uh, intellectual properties. <laughs> so good for Etsy. I mean, that's, that's the way to go. Yeah, somehow that works. Yeah, somehow that works. It's like, it's okay. It's all just stuff. You can buy stuff that's like, uh, my my Patronus is a penguin. Ha ha! Look, I made a penguin art and I sold it, and it sold. And it's using J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter franchise, but somehow I'm the original artist because I drew a penguin with a scarf on it that's in Gryffindor colors, holding a wand. Right. My, oh, I like it. Looks my good. Two circles and a bit triangle uh, supersedes <laughs> your thirty years of intellectual property. There we go. We're, we're at, the the candle lighting ceremony has commenced. May their flames burn brightly into Scott Cast's future. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's beautiful. All right. Well, now that we got the right ambiance here, do you want to dive into the do, the do the deep thought deep dive? Yes, let's do the CRISPR-9 deep dive. Dude, I actually brought, um, I had a pair of goggles for our experiment we were going to do because, you know, you're supposed to wear goggles for, for your eyewear for when you're doing an experiment. Yeah, you don't want guide RNA in your eyes. But I bought a pair of scuba goggles, scuba gear for Scott. Yeah. Because we're going to do a deep dive. We're doing a deep dive. We're going deep. So I've got scuba goggles on right now. We're going real deep. Yeah. If you don't, if you feel like uh, I'm wearing a mask of some sort. No, you just sound like uh, your normal uh, nerding out voice. So. Oh, okay. So this is actually, this is how, this is why they sound this way. Sounding very nasally. They just permanently have goggles on from all their science experiments. So Scott, let's talk about the origins of CRISPR. Okay. The origins of CRISPR. First of all, why do we call it CRISPR? Because uh, it's... So it's an acronym, Scott. It's an acronym. Because it's an acronym? Because it's an acronym. It sounds cool. It's catchier than the old thing. The old system of genetic engineering was called zinc finger nuclease. Sounds, I like that so much better. That sounds stupid, Scott. That's like the prog rock band of CRISPR. That would be a good zinc finger metal nucleus? band. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Zinc finger nucleus! Yeah! Yeah. Three that's died at the zinc finger nucleus concert that's, that's, last night. Yeah. I'm sure you as can, a riot broke out due to the in a Walmart crashing. parking lot yeah, in a Walmart parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Three zinc finger nucleus fans died in a Walmart parking lot. So CRISPR stands for clustered clustered regularly interspaced short palindromic repeats. I actually got that on my first try. Nice. Um, and the Cas9 part 
means there's this protein that it uses. The, pro the protein is the actual mechanism that clips the DNA. So CAS stands for CRISPR-associated protein. C-A-S, CRISPR-associated. Oh, so okay. we're going to be using the term CRISPR-Cas9, and that's what it means. It's just these repeats of little chunks of DNA. So, like, what do these? What, are, what does this CRISPR serve to do? Like, like let's oh, yeah. we we kind of glossed over that. Basically, you can do all the genetic engineering, but you can do that we've been trying to do for the last thirty or forty years. Except it's way cheaper, it's way easier, and it uses this Cas9 protein, which actually does all the hard work for us. It's like it's it's like nanotechnology, basically, but it's already found within a cell. Basically, they took. Jennifer Dauna and Emmanuel mm -hmm. Charpentier, they built upon this research where there was this guy who was studying bacteria. And he'd look at the bacteria and he'd say, how are these bacteria so good at defending themselves against viruses? Well, they, what do they use this? They use this CRISPR-Cas9 system. And there's, there's, there's all sorts of other proteins that you can use too, but they basically use this to defend against viruses. So it was their idea to take that and try to uh, use that to edit people's DNA. So they took this existing mechanism. They were studying um, streptococcus. Ooh. You know what that is, Scott? I told you before the podcast. Strep throat. There you go. Yeah. I, you I, thought I was going to make a cock joke, didn't you? I was, well, you know, going for those low-hanging fruit. Yeah. yeah. I, but, I was thinking about doing a cock joke, but then I yeah. wanted to sound smart for once. Yeah. So they, they basically looked at strep throat bacteria. They, they looked at the way these bacteria use Cas9, and they use that. It, it, basically, this is revolutionary. The, they, they use this, this novel approach, which is like, we're going to use this established Cas9 protein. It's going to go in there. It's going to do all the hard work. It's going to find, it's like it's going to do a search function. It's going to find this exact bit of RNA. With RNA is like DNA, but it's a little short segment. It's anyway. like a code fragment of DNA. Yeah, like DNA is like the the big blueprint, but then when you got, you just need one page of that blueprint, you make a copy, right? And then right. you just, you're like, okay, I got my little cheat sheet here. I'm going to go look for it, search and destroy. So it goes out and it, and, uh, it, it finds a little piece of, you can do it for a human, um, on the human genome. You can go and find a little section. You tell Cas9, you give it a little bit of guide RNA, also called gRNA. You give it this little this little guide RNA, which you you can you can make yourself. You can make that in the lab. You can put it in the Cas9 complex, which is like the little engine that moves along and actually does the clipping, right? And so you give it you give it the specific sequence to look for. It goes out, it finds it, and boom! If it finds it, it clips it. And then, and this is the you know the the interesting part is once you clip it, there's one of two things that can happen. The first thing that happens is you clip the D, you clip the DNA, and there's a double stranded break in the DNA. And then it's like, uh, from that point, it's like, what happens? It's like your cell will automatically try to repair it itself. Mm. So it'll look at something that's healthy, and it'll swap it out with the healthy DNA. So if there's a, something bad that happened, it fixes the error. Right. Right? And so, like, that's one thing that can happen. The other thing that can happen is you actually put in a little bit of RNA in there that will be floating around. Well, it's actually next to the Cas9 protein. But anyways, it's there to swoop in when they make that double standard break. So if you want to, you can actually take... You know, existing cells, they're called somatic cells, just your body's normal cells. They don't need to be like stem cells or embryonic cells or any kind of exotic cell. You go yeah. in there and it'll swap it out. So you and me can get genetically altered. We don't have to be like altered in the test tube as babies. We can just go in there and you can take it and you can swap it out. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier, uh, getting the mitosis. What you'd have to do is you'd have to inject all over your body. But like, what if you inject like the mitosis thing, which prevents you from like what? Not. What are you talking about mitosis? Mitosis is cell division. What do you? 
I mean, you, well, the thing is, my, like, I'm trying to get, is, like, oh, meiosis. Meiosis is sex, sexual reproduction. Oh, no, I'm, I'm talking about... Mitosis getting, is just dividing cells. Yeah, I'm talking about getting my uh, myself mm. bulked. Oh, so, like, oh you're, talking about, to, you're talking about knocking yourself out. You're talking about myostatin. Yeah, oh, that's it. Oh, okay, so what Scott wants to do is right. he wants to just... Which, which is what people are worried about, is people just running with this. I'm it's just, to, yeah. just, just taking it and take. So if, if he does the mo- even the most simple thing so even if he doesn't swap anything out if he just wants to knock something out you can download you can you can you can have this uh myostatin kit and we just saw something online that's like advertising hey you want to try our kit mm-hmm. L- tell us what you want to knock out and we'll knock it out for you for thirty five hundred dollars yeah and like they offer a pretty ironclad guarantee of 50 percent <laughs> yeah, shot 50 percent shot that's pretty good that's like <clears throat> vegas odds right yeah put it on black See if it works. If exactly. Not, keep betting on black. Why not? You know, like to to get this close to being able to just like say what you want to be just by like injecting science into you. Like this is spawning movements. Like I've done. I've never felt old or uh, like I'm quite in the future until today. Yeah. When I found that there's biopunk people. Oh, These are people who the are biohackers. Dedi- biohackers who yeah. are dedicated to hacking their bodies in these ways and like, uh, like biologically changing the structure of their body. Well, hackers are—they're all against the system. They don't like regulation. Yeah. So this guy, there's this guy, and you actually got this kit um, for Christmas. We were talked about it on the CRISPR Christmas special, very CRISPR Christmas. That's right. I don't know which episode that was, but fifty something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so you got that kit from online. You can actually, this guy, there's this guy, his name is, uh, it's uh, Josiah Zayner. And he he's he's a guy who used to work at NASA. And he's like, dude, NASA's just, they're just too slow. You know, they regulate everything. Nothing ever gets done. So he started his own little, little biotech company out of his garage, a la Bill Gates and Microsoft. You know, he's trying to be like, you know, the next... Uh, Microsoft, you know, doing he wants to be the Bill garage. Gates of genetic engineering. Yeah, this guy is a man with a mission. So he wants to take. So he takes this this, this really cheap approach. It's like you know, it, it, he wants to make it available for everybody before the government comes in and overregulates it. And but I, I think that right now it's we're at the crooks of this whole movement where it's like we're, we're trying to prevent people from doing like what they did in China, where they had the first genetically modified babies already. Yeah, I want to meet these biopunks though. Like, I want yeah. to meet these people who are like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna glow, bitch. Yeah, I want to meet a glow, bitch. Yeah, I'm sure that's glowing. gonna be like a sect of biopunks. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh, that biopunk. Yeah, yeah, they're glow, bitch. Well, that's part of the cyberpunk stuff. They always like the glowing things. You know, in the future, everything's gonna glow. I imagine they're like the pretty kit and caboodle. Like, like all a biohacker is is like, I want to be like a computer hacker person, but I want to hack myself. Well, you know what that guy did though? Hmm. Uh, before he did the CRISPR stuff. So he, I guess he has this inflammatory, I think he has inflammatory bowel syndrome. He, he, IBS. I, I, I don't know if he, if it's IBS or something related to IBS, but basically he decided to do this hacking experiment where he, he took like the, the stuff that was in his, the bacteria, the, the microbiome that was found in the gut of his friend in his colon. He found this guy, well, he, he found a candidate, and I think it was a friend of his, and he took, he wanted to get samples of this, right? So he took samples from his colon, Ooh. which, you know, it's poop. You got to reach up. So he basically took little pellets, little samples of his friend's poop and put it in his body. How good of a friend. Yeah, what a, what a, what a friend, right? <laughs> How do you put are, it in his body? What are friends for? He swallowed it. 
Oh, he ate shit for his he friend? He ate shit for science. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a whole, there's actually like a documentary on it I watched a long time ago. It was, um, it was interesting. That's how I... Well, I first heard about I first heard about this guy, um, yeah, because because he wanted he wanted to prove his gut health. I guess I guess it did help somewhat, but he not quite to the extent he hoped. But it, it helped him out with his digestion, so he had healthy healthy bacteria in his gut now. But when I first heard about this guy, this um, Josiah Zayner guy, who's the guy that sold us the CRISPR kit, um, he was doing this myostatin experiment. That's what we were talking about before, and that's what you wanted to do. You wanted, you're saying like. So, so, so what myostatin is, is it, is it's a, a substance that makes it so that your muscles can't get too big. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a muscle growth inhibitor. Like those giant fucking bulls we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Those bulls. I'm going to do that. I, but yeah. like, it would take like a hundred freaking injections, right? Right. Yeah. I just make sure you sound like you said balls. So I was making sure people bulls. understood you said bulls. Like, but also like, like if I could have like. A cow. If for like a week, if we can get this like technology working for like a week, like I can just inject myself with some genetic therapy to get like real big balls. Yeah. Well, just to see what it's like to have like balls like that, like I could sit on, you know? Right. Well, I got to give it People take steroids to make their balls shrink. So just don't, just do the opposite. Don't ever work out and your balls will be huge. Is that what it takes? (laughs) What? If you don't work out, your balls get bigger. No, your balls. Oh no, no! I'm just saying your balls will shrink if you take steroids. <laughs> if you say anything like that, though, like I'm gonna think, I'm gonna think that's the case. Now I'm like half sold that people who mm-hmm. don't work out get bigger balls. Their balls stay the same size as their their genetic potential already dictated. So, like, you could though, DNA. You want big balls, Scott? Just hit yourself <laughs> in the balls, okay? Ow! It'll swell up. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I want to crisper it. Get swole, bro. <laughs> So what you can do with this myostatin, though? Yeah, it gets swole. <laughs> <laughs> Scott's gonna be so swole by the end of this, but not from muscle. It's gonna be a just giant, giant pair. Anyways, so this myostatin, if you, if so, if what you could do for CRISPR with the easiest method is if you take the Cas9 protein and you just knock out the gene, the gene that codes for myostatin production, you won't make any myostatin in your body. Basically, there'll be nothing to stop your muscles from growing, which sounds great. You can get jacked. They've done this, like we said, in cows. In uh, pigs, they've done it. Like, they're actually looking at like the pig meat. Remember, we were talking about how good would that pig meat be that you could eat that of like a really buff pig. So, oh, I thought you said pig meat. Like I know, I know. I was, try, I was trying to say what? Yeah, like short person. Like yeah, the, no, no, like no, the, no. Like uh, those people. I know. I was trying to say pig meat. The pig but meat. I didn't uh, enunciate like, uh, some. him. But like a so that would be a fun thing to do to make yourself jacked, right? But people don't know what the consequences are. So, like, maybe you knock out the myostatin gene, but maybe that's a regulator of something else in your body, and maybe it regulates smooth muscle in your body, and then all of a sudden your body can't swallow food and you die because your smooth muscle can't contract because maybe myostatin has some unknown, you know, regulation effect in the body that we didn't know about before. And all you were trying to do is knock that out, but maybe that's part of this whole cycle of other this, this signaling process. So we don't know. That's a can of worms. So you should try it on like someone yeah. who's a willing participant. Yeah. But we tried first. it on the they tried it on the the cows and those cows look fine. Those cows look like they could breathe fine, swallow <laughs> fine. <laughs> I mean, what kind of quality of life does a cow have, anyways? Right, just roams around and shit. Yeah, so, like that yeah. cow like feels like he's the most badass person in the world. He's like the Arnold Schwarzenegger of cows, yeah. and he didn't have to work for it. It's great. That's awesome. I mean, they just graze, and that thing was like jacked. It was insanely jacked. Right. It was cool. Like anytime it moved, it muscles just grew and grew. That's amazing. So, so like, can you like, can you like, okay, turn it on and then turn it back off? 
like oh yeah myostatin grow for a little while well, and then turn well, it off. Well, so what the, what they actually been doing? So what I want to talk about too is that the the whole Cas9 thing. There's actually several Cas proteins out there, not just nine. One of them is actually one that just kind of hovers over temporarily. It just it doesn't. They basically instead of you know like the Cas9 is like the scissors. It comes in there, and it cuts the DNA, right? Well, there's another one where they actually kind of modify it so that it doesn't. It can't actually cut. So it'll still go over there, and it can't make the cut, so it'll just block temporarily, will block the DNA. So they can kind of see what the effects are first. They can see, like, oh, is this cause a bunch of problems? And if not, then they just remove it from the... So it doesn't actually make the change. It's like a temporary thing. Okay. You can see the effects of it. It's like commenting out a line of code. Yeah. So that's actually, like, why the you know the stocks for those CRISPR... Um, Therapeutics and everything were going crazy when people were like, "Oh, well, we don't know if the Cas9, like, if you're you're immune, you'll have an immune response to this protein, and you know, like an inflammatory response with the immune system attacking it stuff." But there's so many other CRISPR associated proteins, these Cas proteins. Mm -hmm. Like I was looking at this. Like it's a commonplace mechanism that's just going on anyway. The, right. Well, it's In some the way? Cas9 specifically is the bacteria's mechanism. We're just using that as a vehicle okay. to go in there. Like I said, like, is this how viruses work? Well, when the virus, so when the virus comes in, it injects its DNA, mm -hmm. right? And then the CRISPR system has like it's basically a backlog. It's like a directory of all these. It has it stores all these uh, segments of DNA from previous viruses, and then so it uses that in combination with Cas9 to like look at the directory. It's like I was telling you before the cast, it's like there was, um, like imagine there's terrorists out there. Oh, you're obsessed with this Dude, analogy. Dude, it's a good analogy. Okay, so check this, okay? This is the fifth time I'm hearing this analogy, but you guys get to hear it for the first time. This is a good analogy, okay? He's so, owned this. Usually people just talk about CRISPR is like a pair of scissors. No, CRISPR is like, it's like this, uh, you know, it's like this war machine, okay? Mm -hmm. it's, this, it's the engine that drives everything. That's... That's how I like to think of it. So it's like, um, basically, you're out there looking for terrorists, right? But you don't know what the terrorists look like. Look, look like. So basically, you have like all these pictures of the terrorists. That's what the CRISPR is. It has mm -hmm. all the pictures of the terrorists. You know, here's what they look like. Go out and find them. So then the the, the Cas9, uh, well, well, the, the 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 guide mRNA is like the field agent, okay? And it's driving <laughs> a tank, okay? And it's driving a tank. That's the Cas9. The Cas9 is the tank that's going to go find the terrorists in their little bunker. The Cas9 also, like this tank has a picture of everybody too. Yeah. The tank has a specific, just one picture. Okay, the tank just has one picture. Yeah. Where's all the rest of the pictures? They're all stored in the CRISPR array. Okay, so like the tank hanger. It, yeah, it's like yeah, it's like the directory that is a tank garage. Yeah, it's the government. And each tank is a picture. It, CRISPR is the government's. It's the CIA. Okay. Okay. And it's this, got all the. It, okay. it's, it's yeah, it's got all the terrorists located there. And they send out it's, a it's, tank. It's with the information. The well, the 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 DNA is like the blueprint, and then the CRISPR is like. Anyways, you're making this. <laughs> you're making, making me re-explain it. Just think about this. Okay, you're you got your Cas9 protein. That's your that's your tank to seek and destroy. Okay, your little scissors. You're gonna go cut the DNA with. So you go find the terrorists. The the guide RNA that's in there in in the protein complex. It's this little chunk of RNA. You know that tells you exactly what to look for. Yeah. So that's telling. There it is. Boom. Let's let's find this. It goes up. It links up with that the the virus DNA, and it says, "Let's cut this out of here." The virus tried to make a copy of itself in our DNA. That shouldn't be there. That's a terrorist. It's it's mixed in with the general population, but that's the terrorist. Blow them to hell. So that's what the t the tank does. It blows it up. Okay. 
That's what the, the Cas9 does. It comes there and it cuts the, the DNA, okay? Yeah. Takes out the terrorist, right? So like the terrorist is cut. Yeah. So they cut out the terrorist. And then what do you do? You, you, Where does the terrorist go when it gets cut? I don't know. It's a good question. It just, it's just cut. It's gone. Okay, that's, Blasted that's to hell. I mean, what happens to terrorists when you blow them up, Scott? Where do they go? I don't know. It's a good now question. How it goes? They go like, to, does they, it get destroyed? Like, they, they, like the they go to hell. Does like the CRISPR like disassemble all the DNA and like it's just floating? Where's all the debris go? Probably gets cleaned up by um, the lysosomes in the cell. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Lysosomes are things that break down things in the cell. They're like the trash oh. compactors. Yeah. <laughs> like actually, when you're when you're when you're dying and you, your cells go through apoptosis, which is cell death. They actually release a lot of the stuff that's in the lysosomes because there's nothing to regulate them, and it just kills a cell. It's like because it's meant to kill stuff, and it just unregulated it, and it just goes to crap. So okay, so like if you can stop that process, you can live forever. Apoptosis. Yeah, that's actually um, Aubrey de Grey, the guy from the Sens Research Foundation. Did I talk about him before? Maybe he's the guy who's trying to do the anti-aging stuff, and that's one of the approaches. Is that's one of his seven pillars? It's like seven or ten. I can't remember exactly. He, he's changed his guidelines a little bit, but they're actually trying to prevent aging, and that's one of the things is preventing cell death, the apoptosis. It's actually one of his little pillars of his the approach. So, so eventually they could use CRISPR mm-hmm. to prevent things like the, the the processes that cause aging and stuff like that. But there's it's more complicated because there's the telomere lengths, you know, the telomerases out there that make sure that your each time that your cells divide, they don't shorten the the length of the DNA each time. Like it's like if you divide a cell too many times past its Hayflick limit, they call it. So you can only divide so many times. And then once you get past this limit, it's each time that you make the, the copy of the DNA, it kind of frays the ends a little bit. So it kind of ruins the DNA after a certain amount of time, and that's when things go to crap. So these telomerases, at the end of these telomeres, telomeres are like the end of the DNA, where it's like getting frayed. They come in there and they, they just kind of add back on a little bit or repair it and kind of make sure that it stays in, in good shape. So certain certain cells in your bodies are, re- are really good at, you know, like your skin cells and stuff can keep making skin cells, skin cells, you know, but your, but your neurons in your brain are very, very difficult, if ever, for them to make new cells. They just don't, don't really divide. What if so. you, div- what if you change that about your brain? You could. You think you'd get like a really big brain? Maybe you take, maybe you discover the mechanism that makes, well, that's where the whole stem cell thing comes in, right? Because stem cells can differentiate into any kind of cell. So they want, they're like, you know, they have the potential to differentiate into a skin cell or a brain cell or, you know, a neuron or a, a, a blood tissue, you know, or like uh, any kind of tissue in your body, endothelial tissue. So, so you could essentially make brain cells, but you could engineer it, I guess, if you understand the mechanism for how telomeres work to prevent them from, you know, degrading and you could prevent Alzheimer's and stuff like that. What would you do, man? What I what would I do with CRISPR? Yeah, with your body. How would you how would you be a biopunk? I would probably just prevent yeah the aging stuff, man. Just just that's, that's stay where you focus. I just want if I'm gonna go, it's gonna be like bam. It's not gonna be like a slow suffering. It's gonna be like a bat out of hell, and then I'm gonna, you know, I'll be like that guy who died in the hang gliding accident. You know, so so everything's good, good, good. Oh shit! Oh, I'm dead. Okay, you know, like from the wedding crashers. That guy. That's how I want to go. Okay. Go out with a bang. Just crashing a hang glider? Yeah, like that. But, uh, everything's you, going great. Everything's going great. Boom, dead. You don't need a CRISPR kit to do that. I know, but I'm just saying it's, it's metaphor, that's, Scott. That's, that's it's a metaphor really, for life. 
I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, you don't want to just be like... Should we get Ian in here to talk to you? No, we're good. Ian would want to talk about the ethics of this, which is interesting. I want to see his take on the CRISPR ethics and the CRISPR genetic ethics. engineering ethics. Well, I like, I, like, uh, I like the fact that Jennifer Doudna, the inventor of CRISPR, like first was all like, oh, no, don't abuse this system, no. Yeah. And then, but she kind of flipped a switch recently when all the money started pouring. Ah, uh, well, and like now it's. I don't uh, think it's the money. You know what she said? She said that she had never met so many families of uh, people who had actually had all these genetic diseases and been contacted by people personally because she's a big beacon of hope for people. So all these people who have these genetic diseases, they could be like inst- almost you know almost instantaneously cured by using this CRISPR system. And it's and it's coming to market like the the. It's already in clinical trials, and it's 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 all got the green light from the government to go, and it's so much faster. Like before, with the zinc finger nuclease method, before the the CRISPR stuff, they'd have to build an entire protein, and it would take forever, and you'd have to know the exact composition of this protein to to do an intervention. You know, the gen- genetic engineering. Now with this CRISPR stuff, you just you just take in you take that Cas9 protein. And you just you, you you take the guide RNA that that it's holding onto that tells it where to go to find it. Like and where you just do you say, get all this stuff? Yeah, like, uh, like hold, hold on a minute, hold on. So you so you find the the guide RNA. Like can so I harvest just, this swap from it someone? Out. You or can something? you can get RNA. You can get DNA from anybody. But like so I can, I can get Cas9. I can get all get, these materials. Like where do you get these materials? Wholesale? From bacteria. Like where do I? So okay, so I have to get bacteria. Where do you get bacteria? Dude, you have bacteria. You just ordered some. <laughs> we got it from the CRISPR kit. Oh, right. But, like, I'm just saying, like, where do they source their stuff? Like, where do people get, like, just vials of DNA and, and bacteria? Dude, the Center for Disease Control has, like, all sorts of any kind of virus and bacteria you can imagine in case there's an outbreak. Yeah, like, they've got, like, uh, stockades full of, like, like smallpox and shit. Yeah. Oh, really? Got everything, dude. Do you think the government would ever like unleash smallpox in some sort of country? Well, they could, but if they had CRISPR, they could just uh, you know just uh, like make sure that nobody ever gets hurt by it. So that's what I'm saying. It could be used for for good or bad. It's like a, it's it's the rolling the dice method of survival. We've said because well, we're yeah. kind of rolling the dice by like okay, are people gonna be using CRISPR to to cure diseases or are they gonna be using CRISPR to you know, create genetic warfare, yeah, on a mass scale. Well, let me give you a couple examples from my experience playing video games. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there's a. You remember we talked about that Mass Effect game before? Because I talked about it being really good for like sci-fi and exploring, you know, other planets and aliens and stuff like that. We talked about it on the Aliens episode. Uh huh. Well, there was this one species called the Krogans in the Mass Effect series. And the Krogans were like this unstoppable force where they're these great warriors. They grew up on this planet that made them just like they're super strong and they had really strong thick skin and they could survive in any kind, almost any kind of conditions. And they bred like crazy. They, you know, they effed like rabbits, man. They were just everywhere. They were just, I guess before, before like, they didn't have the technology to really explode outward, but when they met these other races, they had the technology to start colonizing other world, worlds. So they started just taking over everything. They're unstoppable, right? So and they, and it was too hard to stop them with conventional weapons and stuff like that. So what this other race of aliens did, called the Turians, is they bombed them with the genophage, which was basically 
genetic warfare. So what they did was they they made it so that they they they, they implemented what's called a gene drive, basically, which is like this thing that's like. Once it edits your genes mm-hmm. and you reproduce with somebody else, then they have it. And it's like guaranteed that they're going to have it. And then it spreads throughout the whole population, basically. That sounds like a so, terrible and, idea. And they, they, they reproduce so, so quickly in these, with these Krogans that just spread everywhere because they're like a very, it's like a tribal warrior society where it's lots of, it's like sex, drugs, and rock and roll, man. It's just cool. like crazy. Yeah. Wait, where is this? The, the Krogans from the Mass Effect series. Oh, I thought this was a real place. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, this never actually happened, but this could happen in the future where they use wanna, it for genetic warfare. I want to be like in a gang of biopunks. Like everyone's got a cool little fucking altered yeah. fucking aspect of their Yeah, like what, you got a glowing dick? Hey, it's glow dick. <laughs> hey, look, it's glow dick over yeah. here. Hey, glow dick, why don't you go get us beers? <laughs> uh, he, he used this one hack for the lamest thing. Everybody gets one, man. That's part of the, yeah. the thing. So these Krogans, right? Oh, Krogans, yeah. So what they did was they made it so that they only like one in every 10,000 live births was, was successful. So they basically just neutered their whole species. They didn't just kill them, you know, like by bombing the shit out of them. They altered the way that they reproduce so that basically they dwindled their numbers to a more reasonable, you know, level. And it was just crazy. So it's like they would have all these stillborn children and stuff. It's it's heavy, man. They really explored a lot of that stuff. And so it's like genetic warfare. So you could see how like, you know, people could use this stuff as like a a weapon, you know? So you could, you know, people who are into eugenics. Do you think it's easier to make weapons of this than it is to make cures? It's just as easy both ways. It just depends on it. It depends on when you weaponize something. It's like you just take one you know, simple way of implementing it and you try to just scale it up into like a bomb or something or like something that would, you know, you would introduce. Except this would be interesting because if it's like, if it's just through reproduction, then, you know, I don't don't know if there's... You wouldn't realize something's wrong until like a decade later. Sending out a bunch of whores. A bunch bunch of of whores. A bunch of prostitutes. And floozies. Unleash the whores of war. (laughs) Unleash the whores. (laughs) So they come in New there. New title. They start. They start. They they start. Yeah, the horrors of war. No, the horrors they, of war. The horrors, like W H O R E. Yeah. 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 Yep. So the the dogs of war would be barking. Yeah. It'd be. Uh, yeah. You basically send them out there, and they'd start uh, copulating with the enemy, and then boom. Next thing you know, but like, say say Hitler had this. Okay. And with the eugenics thing, what if he said only I only want people with blonde hair and blue eyes, and uh, used a, a gene drive for that? Mm-hmm. Some, you know, maybe it's CRISPR based, maybe it's some derivative of that, and it basically knock, makes sure that only you know when you have babies, they're only blonde hair, blue eyes, and that's all he cares about. That would like be that. like an insane way for like the government, I feel like, to like mark off like okay, you're this age, boom, you're gonna be blonde hair, blue eye. Okay, you're born in nine. 19- in 2022, oh. you're you're gonna have green hair and and uh, and brown eyes. Just tracking people, yeah. Seems just like, like be somehow, an easier way. somehow way to track people or something like that, or to conform people. Yeah, like in some sort of Big Brother universe where we're all kind of like a you could probably good communist mess. Probably do a book about that where like you know what in this dystopian society where somebody's a tyrannical dictator and they decide to uh, separate the people directly. With gene drives, I want to get like a, a I need a list is. of like fiction for genetic engineering. Let's get some genetic engineering fiction in. It's a fascinating topic. You know, well, there's that one uh, 
there, well, there was this one there. I mean, there was this one anime I used to watch called Gundam Seed, where basically they had this entire war going on between people who are genetically altered and the people who are the, they call them naturals. It was the naturals versus the coordinators. I bet the naturals were the evil ones. Well, there was this. So in the story, there was this guy. His name is George Glenn. He was like, uh, he he got a. He got a like a his doctorate when he was 17 from MIT. He was all American football star. He was like an Air Force pilot. He was good at everything. He was he went enrolled in NASA, and he was like he was this the first guy that was sent on this mission to Jupiter. Okay, and before he left, he made he made a broadcast to the world that said I'm not I'm not a naturally born I, you know I, a person I've been genetically modified and here's the instructions for how you do it. Uh-huh. And here's uh, here I'm the best guy ever, right? So he went he went off to Jupiter and basically peaced out and left everybody else, you know, going, "Whoa, this is crazy! What you can you can modify yourself to be smarter, better, and every single way." And then there's like the, all these all the space colonies out there. They became all the forward, you know, the advanced po- you know population that were like better in every way. They thought they were better than the naturals, but the naturals wanted to, you know, ter- you know, had terrorist attacks on them. Basically the entire franchise is built between these tension between the people who've been genetically modified and the naturals who, who are against being modified. Mm-hmm. So it's like, the, and then, then he comes back from Jupiter and gets assassinated by this guy. So after finding alien life on Jupiter, it's an interesting show, but it got me thinking about you know, okay. Scott Cass City. Well, Scott Cass City is is what, what what kind of policy would there be for the population for their CRISPR? I mean, would everybody get a CRISPR kit? And it's just optional. Like, hey, have fun. Like, no, I think it, everyone would get like an assigned CRISPR modification mm, okay. based on what I think is right. You know, I think this guy should be able to jump really tall. Yeah. I feel like this guy should be able to to, yeah. to to be invisible. I feel like this guy should be glowy. Like based off their job description that you want them to fulfill, like mm-hmm. I need some guys to be strong for mining. I need other guys to be fast for... No, delivery. No. Yeah, for freaky fast delivery. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy John's. <laughs> you're going to work at Jimmy John's. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to make you faster than Usain Bolt, but you're going to be a Jimmy John's guy. Yeah. Oh, don't get fucking gloaty about it. So is everyone else. Yeah. Everybody else, everybody has their purpose. Yours is just genetically predetermined. Yeah. So, yeah. like, like I would love to have, like, a city of superheroes as, like, my, like, you know, slave. Well, that was the whole thing behind the X-Men thing, right? Is, like, it was supposed to be random. But this in this case, it's, like... You get to pick, pick and choose. What do you want your superpower to be? Right. It's like it's like a massively multiplayer online game where you get to customize your character up front. Yeah. And, and then you play it out. Custom but like, characters. But then you discover everyone else is just as crazy badass as you. Mm. That'd be kind of cool though, if everybody had access to the same kit. But that's the thing: is people are like, well, the rich people are going to have access to all these CRISPR kits, and then the poor people are going to be. There's going to be the dichotomy that we talked about way back when. Was it on the first episode I got in? Yeah. That was the first episode, episode eight, the Musk of Scott Cass. Yeah, you we, we talked about epigenetics, which is exactly this. Epic genetics. Yeah, it's like epic, like ep, epic genetics. Epic yeah. genetics. Yeah. So epigenetics is uh, what we talked about before, where right. you were. Oh, what did you say? Now I forgot. I, I just said to me. Uh, yeah, I just I denied you right away when you said epigenetics. Well, you said, ha, why would we ever talk about that? We would never talk about epigenetics. Uh, and then talk like, about nanotechnology. This is 10 episodes later. Yeah. This is like biological, mechanical nanotechnology where you're going in and Hell altering yeah. stuff. But 
yeah, you know, you talked about how there could be the, you know, people would worship them, you know, the people as gods almost, like uh, where there'd be such a dichotomy between the people who are the advanced genetically modified people versus the people who couldn't afford the, oh, your candles are melting. Right, that's some cheap-ass wax. <laughs> Mine's still burning strong, though. <laughs> my, Gaga, my Gaga ones, uh, see which one wins the race here. Oh, jeez. Yep, let's see who wins the, the, the candle race here. Right, like you'd think it would have been Jeff Goldblum been longer because his was more stout, but no. Gaga's more of a slow burn. Gaga's a slow burn, yeah. and Goldblum's just, he, he's, he's like a... He's like a shooting star, man. Yeah, this sexy star just shooting across the sky, exploding. Yeah. Bam, it's like a big orgasm across the sky. I love it. <laughs> little orgasm, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Candle. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a inside joke. I don't know if this ep- this episode's even followable. We've been jumping. We've, We've jumping been around. jumping around a lot. Like I... Maybe we should just go through some of the pros and cons, Scott. Some some of the pros and cons. Okay, so pro. genetic warfare, pro. That's a con. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> pro, curing incurable diseases. Okay, con. Uh, it drives mosquitoes mad. Wait, we didn't talk about mosquitoes yet. Well, let's talk about mosquitoes then. What's a mosquito? Well, I was trying to it? say before. I was trying to. I, I, had, I was trying to talk about gene drives, and you started talking about. I don't even know what it was. So gene drives is where, like I talked about with the Krogan. Where it's just you introduce it, and that was actually a, that was a bad thing, right? Like a gene drive, like a like a because like Krogan a, Krogan aren't you know it's not fair to their population, but mosquitoes those guys are a holes, okay? Yeah. So let's so so actually there was there's a there's been mosquito researchers that are really excited because they've been trying to do genetically modifying mosquitoes for a long time. Like, you know, with malaria and the Zeke fire. What is it? The Zeke fire? So, like, they're trying like to get it to the point where, West like, Nile. oh, mosquitoes are good for you. No. But they're trying to just take certain certain mosquito uh, species, and they're trying to basically introduce a gene drive, which is, like, even if... Okay, so, like, you know, back... You ever take a genetics class where you talk about, like, dominant genes and recessive genes? Yes, yeah, so like ears... Like what? Well, I don't know what you mean by that. Uh, some <laughs> you can't ears say, you can't say like, body part and explain. <laughs> like some ears are connected to your face, other ears are not so much. I don't know what you're talking about. Like a little loopy, loopy, loop in the lobe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's genetic. Yeah. But uh, it's a genetic component. But no, let's talk about like like eye color. Okay, there's more than just this that goes in eye color, but it's a classic example. So people who have brown eyes, mm-hmm. they they contain a certain thing that makes melanin in their eyes, so they have that pigment, right? Mm-hmm. And if the, so, even if they only have one of the dominant, one of the you know they have a brown eye gene and they have a blue eye gene, <laughs> the brown eye is going to trump it every time. So you're <laughs> yeah. going to have brown eyes. Yeah, okay, brown so that's eye. a dominant gene is brown eyes. Brown eye. But if you have two of the recessive genes. Then you have blue eyes, oh. so you don't produce the pigment no brown in your skin. Eyes. Right, right. So no brown eyes, but you know it's like so. What happens with gene drives is it's it overpowers that whole thing. So even if it's a recessive thing, it doesn't matter. It, your children will have this gene no matter what. Right. So if they'll you, have the brown eye. Yeah. So it's like they did these with mosquitoes. I think they gave them like I don't know. I saw this example. Where they had red-eyed mosquitoes. I don't know if they actually made the mosquitoes have red eyes, but they tracked these mosquitoes. Did they make the mosquitoes have brown eyes? I don't know. But colored eyes. That would be have so black, annoying. Black eyes that like just like constantly went after eyes. brown eyes. Was that? <laughs> that would be so annoying. Like a mosquito that constantly went after brown eyes and I kept oh, biting them. Brown-eyed people. Sure. Yeah. Well, they're brown already eyes. annoying as is. So. 
but the world would be a better place without these disease-causing mosquitoes. Regular mosquitoes, sure, let them be, uh, you know, bat food or whatever. You know, bats like eat mosquitoes. Sure, let them do that. I do like bats. Yeah, we like bats. Bats eat mosquitoes. I like bats. So, you know, vampire bats is questionable. But anyways, so fruit bats, they love mosquitoes. They eat like 100, 100 a day. So, so they found that basically they could create a gene drive with the mosquitoes so that they, people wouldn't contract, you know, West Nile virus that's um, contracted by these mosquitoes. So they basically would be able to, and since mosquitoes, so mosquitoes reproduce really fast. So right. for mosquitoes, Here's, this works really well. But yeah. for humans, they don't reproduce as fast as mosquitoes. So even if they introduced a gene drive, like people are like, what if they do CRISPR to humans and it creates a gene drive and then it wipes in it and it's bad and it wipes out the whole human population, right? Because no matter what, it spreads throughout us and we can't stop it. But actually, it would happen really slow because humans reproduce very slow compared to mosquitoes. So like, what if they took mosquitoes, right? And they, like, they genetically engineered them so that the mosquito, like when it bit you, it wouldn't like give you like vitamins and... And like little 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 bit of cocaine, yeah. and like just like make you just an overall like a healthier, better person. Like just like a very little bit at a time, yeah, like so a like, nano mosquito, like, like a, a little, like a nanobot would do. Like you just stick some like CRISPR in like the mosquito's ass, and like when it bites you, the CRISPR goes in, and then like yeah. it, like it makes you like create these vitamins like out of the air. Or something like that. Like it just, it just like you basically can make helpful mosquitoes. It's, yeah, it's like yeah, basically like uh, like with software, you know, like software with bugs, right? Um, yeah. Like the developer from on high will send a code improvement, and in this way, just ironically, bugs will be giving humans the improvement. Yeah, they won't be bugging you; they'll just be helping you. Yeah. So is that like, stop helping me so much? Oh, there's oh, still be oh, people oh, like, this t- t- like like they'd still be bugging you. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, it would still be annoying, but like yeah. at least your skin be like, would still itch. Like mothers would be like, "Oh, let the mosquito bite you." You know what's good for you, Mom? I don't like the mosquito. You stand out there and let those mosquitoes eat you alive. Swarm the shit out of you. Yeah. If I see any skin, I'm gonna slap it. Oh, Skycast City is a violent place. Yeah, just full of swarms of mosquitoes, like injecting vitamins in people. Let's talk about another aspect of this. We've been talking about humans so much, and we're talking about mosquitoes, but what about crops, Scott? Crops. What about, you know, the whole GMO fad that's been going on here, right? Yeah. People what are about like, that? People are like, hey, you can't genetically modify our, uh, our, our fruits and vegetables. That's crazy, even though they'd be better or whatever, whatever. So actually... It's weird because people have been, there's these companies, I've been looking them up, and they seem really promising. They have all these crops that they're engineering with CRISPR. They call it the CRISPR 3.0 for, for, for these plants. And they're like, they actually, they've been partnering up with some of the beer companies too to make like, so that they can pitch, they, they pick the exact, I guess, um, what's the barley, I think is the one that they were looking at, the one I was looking at, because it's really hard to get the exact strain of barley that you want for your um, growing your beer. Mm-hmm. Are making your beer, so yeah, but it's not considered GMOs when they do this. So even when they're using CRISPR, because I don't know if it's the way that the FDA works, you know, the Food and Drug Administration. I don't know if the way that they approve it, but basically they, they bypass the whole GMO thing. So it's not they don't have to label it as GMO, but they can basically pick exactly what they want for these crops, and they can make them resistant to any, you know, all this all the same things you hear for GMOs, but they kind of get around that using CRISPR. Mm. That's nice. So you can have nice, tasty crops that are super, super foods. Oh. Dude, what if they made these crops that were like, 
Just, I'm trying to think of this as an analogy. You know, what if we make a like corn that was like the delicious. size of a fucking football field? Make like it one like, year corn. Like maybe you like a particular vegetable, and uh-huh. they'd be like, okay, well, we'll make each one of these vegetables contain all the good stuff from all the other vegetables. But maybe you like the taste of. Let's not use corn. Let's use. Uh, huh? Say you really like carrots. Well, why, who the fuck all right, likes well, what, carrots? What kind of vegetables do you like, Scott? Okay, you like uh, vegetables, right? You eat uh, a lot of vegetables. You can do it. <laughs> um, What's your favorite vegetable, Scott? Zucchini. Like a big um, zucchini? Hmm? You big zucchini guy? Um, I like lettuce. Okay. So let's the romaine? No, just like iceberg. Nice? Nah, okay. Well, let's take shitty iceberg <laughs> lettuce, okay? Make it still taste like iceberg, which is basically water, okay? And you basically take something that... So iceberg lettuce has no nutritional value. It's nine. It's 99% water. So you basically take that and you and you modify it so it still tastes like 99% water, but it actually has all the stuff that you'd find in actually good leaf, like like a kale or spinach or you know chard or any of these stuff that like actually it still has nutritional value. Like lettuce. Yeah, so still make it taste like lettuce, but actually give it all the benefits of everything else. That would be good. And then all the picky kids out there would be like, I don't want that vegetable, mom. And then they'd be like, maybe they'd be able to make stuff that's, maybe they'd be able to make like chicken nuggets that chicken have nuggets. all the nutritional value yeah. you would ever need. Like it's the healthiest thing in the world yeah. to just eat chicken nuggets. And all you'd have to eat is chicken nuggets the rest of your life. You said, what would I eat? Didn't you guys do that a couple episodes ago? If you only had to eat one thing, what would it be? Yeah. And Ian said maybe Thai food because he had that earlier. It was, right. Uh, <laughs> so he'd, he'd eat Thai Inspired food choice. every day. It, he wouldn't even have to worry about, he could just eat what he wants. And, and it's about flavor and experience. Yeah. It's not about like uh, just balancing the two, health and wellness. You'd still get out of shape. But, but then a CRISPR could fix that. Yeah. So, so overweight people. They could totally see that's the slippery slope is you start with the disease and then you say, where do you draw the line? Should we use it for controlling people's weight? And then now we're, we're, we're shaping people's bodies. The, you know, we're making them jacked. We're, we're trimming the fat. You know, then everybody get, everybody's looking, walking around like supermodels. I don't right. know. I don't know, man. It's, it, 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 that sounds like fun, but you know what else would be fun? Making dinosaurs. Yeah. Why not just make dinosaurs first and then worry about that stuff later? Yeah. That's where you should start. And that's what we're going to do with the CRISPR kit. Right. We got a, we got, we got a CRISPR kit. That's what we should start with the episode talking about. But hey, we're here now. We're going to okay. make a dinosaur. And like I've got like a lot of eggs. I've got a CRISPR kit. I'm going to go in. I'm gonna, we're gonna, we, we took all day before this podcast to look through the rifle through the kit content. Yeah, hundreds of pages of research. Uh-huh. Uh, Turns out our DNA was expired. <laughs> <laughs> so you, Scott was supposed to put it in the freezer, but he put it in the fridge. Well, the box said put it in the fridge, so I put the box right. in the fridge. I didn't realize there was a part in the box that needed to be in the freezer. I was getting some warmth from Goldblum over here. Yeah, Goldblum my hands were a little chilly, so from this whiskey, so I was just putting right. my hands next to Goldblum to keep me warm. Oh, by the way, back to the podcast, and we're back to CRISPR. Yeah, we just ordered a pizza and had some general Mary breaks. So yeah. I'm not going to disguise the fact that we might not have a perfect link into the next uh, little bit of conversation. It's okay. I got notes, Scott. Okay, you got notes. What's in your notes? Well, I don't know. What were we talking about last? Uh, Mm. 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 Okay. Well, going off of that, <laughs> <laughs> we were talking. Oh, we were talking about dinosaurs. A little bit about dinosaurs. I mean, that's always an evergreen topic here on the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast. I always regret it when I start saying that because I'm like, oh, I'm going to be saying that thing. for a long, yeah. long time now. Yeah. If only you can modify that. <clears throat> 
Yeah, like shorten it like shorten with an it. acronym. Of, uh, yeah. What does it? What does it all stand for? Super, colorful, original, telecommunicated transmission. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise known as, as, as Scottcast. Yeah. So, Scottica. 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 That sounds like Gattaca. Scottica. About that movie. Scottica. You, you guys want to check out a cool Gene movie? Check out Gattaca. That that's that also dives into like. Job discrimination for people who can't uh, get a job because they don't have good genes. So, right? I watched mean, that in high school. That was a good movie. Oh, and yeah, gene the DNA. It's like it's four fucking things. It's G A C and T. Yeah. Well, I like to think of it as cat G. Cat G. Yeah, C A T G. Those are the four nucleic acids. That's the letter that represents. That's each all one. it is. That's all DNA is. Well, DNA is deoxyribonucleic acid. So when you take nucleic acids and combine them together, you get a double helix form- formation, and that's boom. We're... But that movie Gattaca is cool because it's spelled G A T T A C A using only the letters that you find in nucleic acids G A T and C. Right. That was a good movie. I thought. I thought that I was trying to tell you that had what Leonardo was, DiCaprio, but that was, Leo? That was Jude. That, no, that was Jude Law. Oh, and it wasn't Leo. That's no. why I haven't seen it. It was Jude Law. Was the good-looking guy who had everything going for him, and he got in a car. Or no, he. I don't know if it was a car accident. Maybe it might have been a car accident. They didn't have Teslas at the, in this future that they created because okay. maybe maybe it was a Tesla. I don't know. But he was wheelchair bound, but he had perfect genes. So the main character basically uses his genetic. He takes samples of his hair and his skin and stuff like that so that when people sample him, like he goes to get this, he wants to work for NASA and he goes to work for NASA and the job interview is essentially them just doing a a, a blood draw or no, not a blood draw. They do a skin, they take a, they take a, um, he might fake that too. I don't remember the exact details, but he fakes it. He he uses the genes, the genetics of this other guy and they basically say, oh, you're 97 out of a hundred. You're, you're good. You're hired. Just like that, so the guy basically has a thing worked out where he he works for NASA, gets makes makes bank, mm-hmm. and he takes care of this guy who's in a wheelchair, who's genetically superior to him, quote unquote. But uh, it's an interesting movie because like the whole time that he's in the office, he's like like he's like, like he's running on the treadmill too. He's oh, there's like, a treadmill scene? Yeah, there's a treadmill scene. I like treadmill scenes. Oh, you love a good uh, treadmill scene. Like that one treadmill scene I had you guys review. Yeah, and it's like he has this thing that like. Uh, you know, fools them so that they can't detect that his heart rhythms are because they take the heart rhythm of the other guy doing exercise, and then they they somehow transpose that onto their monitoring unit where it's like it's the other guy's heart rate and not his because he, he has a heart condition in the movie. That's why he, he would never be hired by this. You know what? I would hate as an actor if I had What's to do that? a treadmill scene. Yeah, because you just have to do it over and over. Take you have number to do it over 25. and over again, and like you're supposed to be exhausted, like. During the whole thing, you're supposed to look exhausted. Mm. So, like, you're exhausted to begin with, probably. You wouldn't have to act. The authenticity. You wouldn't have to act. But, like, it's just like, oh, you're going to be doing another more. We need to do another take. You didn't sweat enough. Yeah. They're like, there'd be a guy spraying you with sweat. A little, little, little spritzer of sweat. You'd probably actually get real collection, collect your sweat in advance and just spray it back on you. Do you think, uh, do you think sweat in like a Hollywood production needs to have like salt and stuff like that in it? Or like would spraying someone, misting someone down work? Misting works fine. You think misting would work fine? Oh yeah, people do it all the time. You use some baby oil, that's even better. Well, baby oil. baby oil yourself up, like Master Charles when he's listening to this. Oh yeah. Oh, we got you, buddy. He massages his pecs in that Virginia sunlight. Tyrannosaurus pecs. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't couldn't hold that note. That was too much. 
That was a little much, Scott. That was fine. It was good. Um, we got to give right Master one. Charles a little nod. Every, a little tip of the hat. Every, every, every episode. Just the tip, though. Yeah, just to see if he's still listening. We'll give him just the tip of the hat. So, dinosaurs. Dinosaurs and just the tip with Master Charles. Well, we are going to use just the tip of a pipette mm-hmm. when we're doing this You DNA demonstrated stuff. a pipette technique. Pipette. You know, pipette. Did you know what a pipette was before we started? Uh, I, I assumed it was like an eyedropper. Like I drop. Don't put it in your eyes. Don't put it in your eyes. Keep your eyes on the prize. No, pipette's like a very accurate little, it's like a little suction thing. It sucks up a certain volume of water or fluid or whatever you want, and you just um, use that for science. Yep. Yeah, a little science. A little science. Looks cool. Eyedropper. So if you want. 100 ULs. Mm-hmm. It's not you, Scott. It's the Greek letter mu. Mm-hmm. And it means micro. Otherwise known as the 151st Pokemon. Mew. And then there's Mew too. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're just creating Pokemon. We could you could actually make Pokemon if you, you could did this make Pokemon. With CRISPR. Do you think there's gonna be like a crazy like dog fighting circuit going Dude, on after be CRISPR a, takes there, off? There's gonna be an electric mouse that is adorably cute. And it and I don't know if they'll is say Pikachu. Out? I don't know if they'll say Pikachu, but it'll say so I don't know. There's Same. a movie. There's a movie that stars Pikachu as Bradley Cooper. It's like no, Rocky it's, Rocket um, Raccoon. No, it's uh, Ryan Pikachu. Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Right, but it's like Rocky Raccoon from the Galaxy Quest movies. <laughs> what? I'm totally murdering Rocket it. Raccoon. Rocket Raccoon from Guardians of the Galaxy. Scott has been drinking heavily, folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> you should just take take a chill. Take a. You need to. Bio, I, I, this is know, my second beer. I'm we're, fine. We're gonna bioengineer some stronger <laughs> stuff for you, Scott. I guess so. But like, I'm some just saying, that like, like that Pikachu is pretty much the same creature it's as the Rocket same, Raccoon. As Rocket Raccoon, it's the same character, but Pikachu. Well, like, now it's he's weird a de- because now Pikachu he's a detective, is though. It's like a weird universe where you can hear what Pokemon are saying. It's like it's a crazy cool yeah. concept. You would need a Pokedex or something, I guess, to understand to translate what's going on. Right, but like, but like these Pokemon are able to talk through this Pikachu who this guy can hear talk. Yeah. Like it's a weird mix of Dr. Doolittle, uh, Detective Noir, and Pokemon. Yeah, but it's like, it's also like hyper realism, sort of. It's not really supposed to be realistic. They could have used some kind of filter or something, some kind of aesthetic that would make it look like not just, I don't know, like all those other CGI movies where they, you know, like make it look more like, uh, I don't think you can because, it, like, if you want to retain like the design know, characteristics of those, like, yeah, like cartoons. They had the anime, the cartoon. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fucking cartoon that's like they're transposing in the real world. Like yeah. the best you can do with that is uh, make all the people look freakish, Jam. like like they're actually cartoons. Yeah, well, Space Jam, yeah, that was one of the first. Well, no, they just drew all that in, right? We're, yeah. Well, like here's the deal. Like for Space Jam, this is how they pulled it off. For like the one part of the movie, it's cartoons in our real life. And for the other part of the movie, it's real life people in cartoons. Right. So why are we talking about, well, I can make, we can make Pokemon. That's why we're talking about Yeah, this. we can make Pokemon. So but why like make this, Pokemon this... when you can make dinosaurs? Dinosaurs, besides, some of the Pokemon, <laughs> some of the Pokemon are dinosaurs anyways. Pretty much. Like Charizard is chimera dinosaur. Yeah, it's a chimera. It's a Charmander. fusion of different beasts together. Right. But if you wanted to make a, a a chicken dinosaur, a dinosaur out of a chicken, yeah, you want to talk about how to do that? Well, like with uh, Jared Horner, 
Yeah, that guy. Probably, if I'm telling you, like this is actually what the first thing I told you. This is why I brought up CRISPR because that guy is going to be so happy when he gets his first CRISPR kit that lets him take his his chickens and turn them into dinosaurs. But here's the problem. So like, or no, well, the problem was we don't know what the original dinosaurs. Well, we know what they look like because they're well. We know bones. reasonably like yeah. features they have. So like we can like elongate the snout. You know, replace it with like flesh. yeah. You can change, so you have to change the chicken basically. You give it a tail instead of not having a tail. Because the DNA, the half life of DNA, doesn't allow it to be preserved for sixty-five million years. But you could do it with a woolly mammoth because that's that's recent enough so that you could find their DNA and you could actually still have it preserved after all this. That's time. true. So, but yeah, for the chicken thing though, no, like you said, we're, yeah. make, we're just making a creature that we're going to be like, hmm, this is reasonably like a dinosaur. Kind of a dinosaur. So you would elongate the snout, right? Elongate the snout, like make the tail long, right? Like chicken like, tail. Yeah, like the chicken doesn't have a tail, so like this but is its embryo does. One, its embryo looks like a yeah, raptor. and it gets cut off. Yeah, the embryo looks like a raptor, and mm. it's got those little, you know, little talon-looking things, and, and it's evil. And it's, yeah, and it likes to... If you throw a mouse to, like, a bunch of chickens, like, they will go at it and tear it apart. Like, oh, like nice. dinosaurs you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Do they jump up and kind of flutter their wings? Like, a, you know, the raptors don't have wings, dude. They'd be better than rat. They'd be, yeah. yeah. Raptors said feathers, but, I mean, these things got wings. Isn't it crazy that, like... They could get better airtime. Like, of all animals in the world, like, birds pretty much were the most vicious ones. Most vicious, insane, like destructive creatures. They just gotta swoop. They swoop down on people, man. They get to drop on you, right? Like, like, yeah, like that's what they've evolved into is these things that just take to the sky and kind of keep it agile. But like, they used to just also be enormous carnivores and giant herbivores. Mm-hmm. It's insane. So you probably have to give the chicken teeth too, right? Yeah, teeth. They don't. They they can be that vicious. I mean, they're pretty vicious with the beak. Yeah. But you need teeth for dinos. Yeah, dinos need teeth. Uh, and predators too. Yeah, like just but like uh, what is it? Oh, and ar- and wings become arms. Right, but you know, I'm thinking the wings are kind of cool for extending air. You know, their hang time. Yeah, bit, but that's not a dinosaur. Jumping. Like wings okay. are very advanced. Like the like if you look at the bone structure for the wings. Like the fingers are all yeah. fucked up and fused. So in that case, if you make the dinosaurs from chicken, then it really would just taste like chicken when you ate the dino meat, right? It really would. Um, see, that's a bit of a letdown because <laughs> I want to know what the, I want to know what the dinosaur meat tastes like. You want some diversity for your palate. I want some dino-shaped chicken nuggets that are, or actually dino nuggets that are shaped like dinos that actually are from dinos. Right. But then I get, then I would know whether or not it actually just tastes like chicken or if it's actually from a chicken, that's why it tastes like chicken. Right. It's just, you know, because you don't know. I mean, I don't know. That's why a lot, a lot of stuff tastes like chicken to humans. Mm-hmm. Like I was telling you when we took our break, dogs can detect all different kinds of meats, but everything tastes like chicken to us. So, Except for steak and pork and uh, fish and those other meats. But. Except for everything else. Yeah, except for everything else. But like frog legs, eh, it kind of tastes like chicken, but just, I guess. just different texture. And, and, other, and other things. I'm sure if you ate dog or something, I'm sure it probably tastes like chicken. Yeah, I mean, there's only one way to find out. Oh. No, Kyle. Ah, Kyle. It's okay, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, he's good. You know. He's yeah. like, um, yeah, he's like, don't you touch me. Mm-hmm. We're going to we're gonna crisper Kyle, too. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like Katika in here. Right. Like Katika with cats. So, like, did we learn anything today? 
Yeah. I feel like Hopefully we learned a lot. Learned, or, learned what, yeah, we didn't, I mean, there's so much to talk have, about. Like, on these. Scott Cass is going to go so deep into CRISPR. Mm. Like, it's going to be odd. It's going to be odd cast. It's going to be weird. Like, we, like, I'll tell you what we didn't talk about. What? The Chinese guy. Oh, he, oh, oh, him. Who went ahead and just uh, decided to. Yeah, we talked about him. We said he HIV. ate shit. Well, no, no, that was that was Josiah Zayner. He's a biohacker. Oh, that's a different guy. No, the Chinese guy is the guy who said I the Chinese guy ate shit. So, like Jennifer Doudna has been saying, she was hesitant at first, and then this this Chinese guy is his last name is H E. I think you pronounce it he. I'm not sure. What he did. What he did. What did what, he do? What did he do? What did he do? He did it. Mm-hmm. He he basically took. Uh, dads who had HIV who wanted to have babies with moms who didn't have HIV and he used CRISPR to knock out their HIV ends, their HIV genetics. And then the when when you take the sperm from the dad and the egg from the mom, the the egg DNA is good. So it basically knocks out the HIV stuff from the dad. And then that DNA from the mom, it, it uses that as a reference point and it repairs the, the cell mm-hmm. so that the, the baby won't have HIV. But then he got chastised because he actually took that and put it, you know, he actually did it with the babies. Like there's twins that were born. You can actually watch on YouTube. He has this this, this uh, video that he talks about like, you know, in, in, in China, there's a big stigma about HIV and I, I help these families out. Like they, they, nobody will... Even you know want to have babies with people who have the HIV that don't have a full blown AIDS and yeah he's yeah, like I he's, help these people. But he's also ushering in an era of destruction and an incomprehensible. Yeah. So change. that's that's what Jennifer Doudna was was worried about is that kind of stuff. But now that she's like meeting all these people and making these connections with all these people who have really bad crippling diseases, she's like, wow, I can actually help these people. So that's the thing is like at a certain point. What we're going to be talking about with CRISPR for years to come is where do you draw the line? Because you you first use it for diseases and then you use it you scale it back down. It becomes a mm-hmm. bit of a slippery slope of where where does it become cosmetic? Where you just want muscles or to lose fat or to have blue eyes or whatever? So or just be like a superhuman? Like like what's wrong with being a superhuman if everyone else is being a superhuman? Right. Well, actually, what I think about the the from the ethics standpoint, and I'd like to hear what Ian has to think about this, but you know, from the ethics of doing this, but um, I, I think it'll actually be when it becomes commonplace for you to edit your genes. I think it'll be actually, and this is something that Jennifer Downs her re, this is her recent re- revelation, is the more that she talks about it, she's like she thinks that it'll be like eventually, people will be like it'll be unethical for you not to use CRISPR on people because it'll be so commonplace that you not using these interventions to make sure they don't have these diseases will be unethical. Mm. Like having the technology to help people, but not using it when right. everybody else is commonplace. That is unethical. So, is it our future? That's the, that's the question. Yes, it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen, yeah. and it's our future. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. There's only things you can do to take advantage of it. That's why we are creating yes. dinosaurs. Well, dinosaurs, and yeah, people are making and, and people are making apps that you can use as diagnostic tools. What you just use? Yeah. There's this there's this upstart called Mammoth Biosciences, like the mammoth we were talking about, mm-hmm. and it uses the CRISPR Cas12 and Cas13, which is different proteins, and these basically light up like fluorescent fireworks when they find the, the detection of some kind of 
DNA. So they search it, and instead of making a substitution, they just say, hey, look what I found. So basically, it's a super cheap diagnostic tool that searches your entire genetic, um, your, your entire genome. For like certain things? For anything you want. Oh, my Lord. So, so basically, it's like you can download an app on your phone that gives you the results of like... Like, how does a phone get it? Like, do you bleed under the phone? How does it work? No, like, you, have, like, you have a sample. And I, What's I think the, the sample? The sample is like, you can spit into the, you know, this thing and this little dish or whatever, and it, you can, uh, it, it'll find whether or not, if, if it glows, it'll, it'll actually detect that. And it's an app? Yeah, there's an app. They're developing somehow the app syncs up with this little this little kit that like you an have. electronic petri dish that you yeah. spit on. Little petri dish, and and if it if it detects it, then it sends it the results to your phone, and you can see whether or not you have this, this, and this. And basically, you, they've even talked about using it for bioterrorism, Scott. Yeah, you know that terrorism, right? So if somebody tries to do a terrorist attack on you, mm -hmm. you can figure out whether or not they're trying to spread something. Oh, you can spit in the app and then like, yeah. uh, and they'll tell you, oh, you're being terrorist attacked. You're being terrorized. <laughs> so yeah, there's <laughs> lots to say too. You're there's, being terrorized. Right now they just need to make sure that they don't have any of those off-target off effects that I was telling you about before. Right. I was really, so like right now it's like maybe the CRISPR goes in there to make an edit, but it, it, it's got a little bit of leeway. So sometimes it makes the edit and exactly where it needs to, and then other times it's it, it gets pretty close. Like say there's a virus that's infecting you with a bacteria getting affected by the viruses. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe there's a close cousin of that virus that came in, and it's so it's got to have a little flexibility so that it's not perfect. So it, it's got a little leeway in snipping out DNA. So sometimes so the, the struggle right now is making sure that it only gets the exact target sites and it doesn't do some un, unintended edits, and then it's like so. They got to make it a little bit more accurate, but it's 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 pretty it's it's supposedly more accurate than the zinger, zinc finger nucleus. Yeah, that. zinc finger nucleus is for fucking rookies, dude. So that's where we're going with it. That's the recap. That's that's the scoop. This is where the li the literature's at right now on it, and people are coming out with a crap ton of studies every month about all the stuff they're doing with CRISPR. It's crazy. I want to get myself a zinc finger nucleus kit and just. Just, just to see, like, oh, yeah. this is what it was like before Microsoft Word came out. You yeah, know what I'm saying? like just for the novelty factor. Like, yeah. like let me take some old tech and see if I can use it. You know, let me see if I can work DOS instead of you know just manually typing stuff in. Right. Because you you get more out of it that way, or like an old an old camera. You know, before they had the DSLR cameras, mm. you know, just the SLR mm. cameras. Just, like you have to like hook the film into the thingy. I don't of, even know what that mirror would be. on it. Yeah, my mom has one of those. Just yeah. those old cameras. Like, don't that just, fucking put your thumb on that. Don't put your thumb. Oh, you put your thumb yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah, put your thumb on it. We're gonna put our thumb on this uh, this genetic thing. With cast really. with cast nine, you can put your thumb anywhere you fucking want. Yeah, you can thumb it up. Yeah, it's all about thumbs and CRISPR Cas nine. Even the it's even got a fucking smartphone kit. Yep. Thumbs and dinos. Hell yeah. So okay, so we learned a lot about CRISPR Cas9 today. Why make sure you guys watch our video we're gonna do on this. We're gonna be doing a video. We don't it's not released yet. It's not released now. It's not released at the time of this episode. So hold your fucking horses. But we're gonna be uh, revealing the secrets of genetic engineering to you. It's the Scott Cast way. We are dedicated to making good videos. I don't know. It's gonna be quality. I, I feel I feel very dedicated to this. Yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have lab coats. We're gonna be mm -hmm. official about it. Yeah, it's gonna be dope. It's gonna be the shit. It's gonna be the, yeah, CRISPR. It's gonna be the generated crisps. shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So, 
with the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast. And I'm here with Sneaky D himself, David. We'll be the See you later, Scottcast Negators. Oh, yeah.